Welcome back to Comics Over Time, where we shine a spotlight on classic comic stories and the TV shows or big screen blockbusters they inspired. We'll look to connect the dots from the comic book panels to the moving pictures, examining where the adaptation followed the comics closely and where they decided to go their own way. And when we're done, we'll try and answer that most important of questions, who told the tale best? My name is Dwayne, and with me as always, my good buddy Dan. We have a huge week this week, Dan. Hey there, Dwayne. So, uh, yeah, it's been a big, it's been a big week, so... Normally, I would talk a little bit about what we uh, what we had happening. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, talk about the fact that while well, we've known Moon Knight 30, the end of the last days of Moon Knight arc has been coming for a while. Still sort of snuck up on us. So before we go any further, do you care to do your traditional spoiler warning? Because I think this yes. may be one we should have a spoiler warning for. The, the book has been out a week, roughly, as you're hearing this episode now, so there is definitely an opportunity that maybe you haven't had a chance to listen or read your copy yet, uh, whether it be because you haven't gotten to the comic book store or haven't made it or haven't gotten it sent to you because you're doing mail order. Suffice to say, we're going to go in great detail over the last six issues of the current Moon Knight run with Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio. So this is a big spoiler warning. We're specifically issue thirty. We're going to end up talking quite a bit about because it it you know ends the current run and sets up the new run that is coming out already next month in January. So please stop this recording and read your episode or issue thirty if you have not read it yet before diving in. If you have, we've got a lot to talk about, and we hope you join us. So that is your spoiler warning. I think we can, I think we're good, Dan. Excellent. So hopefully everyone has uh, had time now to process their grief and they've got their tissues with them just in case. And it's time for us to uh, start taking a look at these. So the last six issues, sort of a lot happened, and then sometimes not much happened. There were some weird differences in in how much occurred in some of the books. But we started out with a bang, because the first of these is Moon Knight number 25, which was a quadruple-sized special of some sort. What's astonishing is... They called it it an enormous issue on the the cover itself. And And that's fair, because while it was way crazy expensive and everything else, this literally was something like a 72 page of new story issue, right? Yes. Uh, Capuccio was so exhausted by this issue, we won't see him for like another three <laughs> months after this, right? He so he had a lot to that, he had a lot to do with this issue. Yes, he had a lot to do, and he didn't do all seventy-two pages, but he did a good shot, a good chunk of it. So yeah. kind of crazy. In this issue, I actually see at the very beginning, sort of this. This parallel that we've talked about going back a long ways between Black Spectre and Moon Knight. Because you actually see someone going down into what's called the Chapel Perilous, which is where the Black Spectre sort of holds court in a in an environment that looks an awful lot like the Moon, the Moon Knight mission. It's sort of like a... Or the Midnight mission. It's almost like a Funhouse Mirror version of it. Yeah. We then see Stephen Grant actually visiting Zodiac in prison. 
Eight Ball goes to the Midnight Mission to tell Mr. Knight that Black Spectre is putting together a team to kill him. And Moon Knight then recruits Eight Ball to have him sort of infiltrate that area with him. They head out to a deserted island, where at that point Moon Knight is, of course, betrayed by the villain Eight Ball. And ends up having to face off. Yeah, these guys can never trust him. Um, no. Against, has to face off against drones, against Marsdale Slaughter, against Man Martin Marco. Waxman has been taken out of his weird ball and, and returned, and he fights him. Bad guys would have actually gotten away with this, too, and, and actually defeated Moon Knight if 8-Ball had not developed a conscience, returned at the last moment, and saved the day by essentially clocking Waxman somehow and then helping Moon Knight sort of get himself off the island. Get out of there, we yeah. All, yeah, we also get a second story. It's all told through flashbacks uh, with a different artist about Spectre's time as a mercenary, when he led his group called the Karnak Cowboys, the group included uh, Frenchie, it included Plesco, uh, we just seen blown up a little while ago, more on that later, and it included Layla. And in fact, this is the story of how Mark sort of lost Layla and then went even deeper into sort of his, uh, his darkness and ended up joining up with Bushman. Yes. This was a really interesting story because of how it was told because it they called it Axe and you kept kind of bouncing between the current story and what was going on and seeing this last mission of the Karnak Cowboys at, all the way to the end and, and seeing Layla Al-Fayuli end up getting killed uh, as a result of, of this uh the, this mission that appeared to be going great and then un- right up until the point that it doesn't um this is a fantastic story and a very interesting way of telling the story because yeah it was almost a little jarring the way the story was told because you were bouncing back and forth it it, it kind of felt like it kept me on the back foot not really knowing what was going on and i loved seeing marsdale slaughter i love seeing man mountain marco from the devil's rain moon knight book if you if you remember that way back uh very near the start of of this run uh seeing the wax man again we did kind of get told he did get you know had to be dug out of uh of a uh a building construction in order to to get him free so i this was a book i I don't like the fact that you kind of get blindsided by a book just sort of popping up and being like $10 as opposed to, you know, $4 or $5. But we got a lot here. And I think I said this back when we when we first talked about this book. I loved the fact that I now have a printed, it's a reprint, but I have a printed version of the Hulk magazine number 20, A Long Way to Dawn, because... That was a really great story that was in there. And and I, I I loved being able to actually tactile see the pages and see the art uh, on a printed page as opposed to just seeing it digitally. Yep, absolutely. And it was a story that actually was on my short list of favorite stories uh, when I was looking at uh, you know what were my favorite Moon Knights uh, um, back in the day. So... Yeah, it uh, it was it's a nice story. It's also weird in some ways, though, 
because it doesn't really connect to the current Moon Knight at all. It's actually even more jarring in some ways because a lot of people, if they started with this series, they wouldn't really know to be worried about Marlene and they wouldn't know much about, at this point, his brother or anything like that. A lot of these characters and situations are kind of a... Um, just, just enhances how foreign this run is from some of the early ones, how mm -hmm. much it's changed. I, the other thing I would say is I really, I, we, we talked about it last week, the fact that we're getting all this kind of lore about Mark Spector that we never had before. And now we've got the Karnak Cowboys. We, we basically have, you know, the days of Mark Spector as a mercenary before kind of getting in with with Raoul Bushman. And apparently, you know, he was in there with, with Jean-Paul DeCamp. He was in there with his, his doctor buddy Sigmund, uh, you know, Robert Plesko and Layla. Yep. They they had they had a a, a a very reasonable way of introducing Layla into the story and he's he's definitely very much still into her and then we end up seeing you know kind of a continuation of this uh in the city of the dead books that we saw that that we talked about last week uh you know so it was it was really interesting to me I love the fact that we have this character that is has this kind of very well developed uh you know framework or story that we know and that we can still get these really interesting sort of new pieces of lore new pieces of information new history to the character yep. that just further kind of enhances uh what we know about the character you know it's not a retcon because no. it's filling in new areas rather than changing existing areas for the most part and yes. so that's to me the best way to be able to add on to or change characters is to do it in a way that doesn't necessarily wipe out any of the existing stories or, or conflict with them, but just sort of adds an additional layer to them. So overall, it was it was an impressive story in that seventy two pages is a lot to ask of your artists, especially when you've got a regular artist on a book. And I think Capuccio really did nail it on a lot of these pages. There are yeah, there's some, some fantastic, great art. fantastic, um, not only not only like full page spreads, but just story pages as well. He's doing a really nice job, just all the way through, telling the story in big moments and small. I did like the one page where Moon Knight is going against Jigsaw early on, who's got all of these these drones and he's like you know you say you're so much better than us why why do you get your weird little moonerangs or whatever why don't you why don't you use a gun are you just better than us and there's a full page panel when moon knight actually takes a gun off one of the drones and he's like you know it's not it's not that it's, i don't like who i am with a gun in my hand and neither will you and then he basically takes said gun and does all sorts of things that nobody would particularly appreciate so <laughs> He is he is sort of somebody who intentionally is is not the Punisher, partly because he doesn't let himself have the kind of weapons that would do that damage. It's all more. He does enough person. damage just with you know his fists and his 
boonerangs and things like this. He yes. doesn't he doesn't yes, need he the does. help of uh of semi automatic rifles yep. and things like Except that. Except in the nineties when yeah. that when that was what you did. So yeah. there you go. Sure. I also think that this was an interesting issue in that it was a redemption issue for a character who I don't think any of us expected we would be asked to care about when this series started. Fair. But Eight Ball has increasingly been sort of someone who's been becoming a big part of the story. And he's got all these weird moments. It's Eight Ball in a tub with his Eight Ball helmet on a couple issues ago and stuff like that. Now it's Eight Ball being the betrayer, and we find out his backstory. He didn't really ever want to be a criminal. He was a jet propulsion guy who ended up having a gambling habit or something like this that lost him yeah. his credentials. Ended up turning to crime, doing some dumb things. Suddenly, he's an engineer with a with a record and he can't get hired anywhere. And so he just kind of ends up taking the easy path and continuing that way. And eventually, near the end, when he comes back and, and saves uh, Moon Knight, he's like, you know... I didn't want to be the guy everyone thought I was anymore. He's just sort of decided that he's going to take that other path, the harder path. It's very interesting because we're going to see him the rest of this arc now. Yeah. You know, 8-Ball eight ball, eight ball is on the team. He is, in fact, as of the next issue, sort of the, the new Frenchie, right? Because he is a pilot. He can fly helicopters. More specifically... He can fly billiard rack-shaped hovercrafts of his own design, which is what he crashes into a building in a little while. So this guy's kind of got his redemption story, and 8-Ball now is, is coming on to the team. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, did did not have that on, Did not have that on your Moon Knight bingo card? I'm... I don't know that anybody did except Jed McKay. Now, I know that he has been pretty coy about, you know, well, are we going to see more? Uh, are we going to see more 8-Ball? And evidently, he was keeping his, his counsel pretty close because he didn't really want to talk about it. But it looks like this is a guy we're going to see more of and who's got some interesting skills, and it'll be interesting to see how he how he melds into the new team. So... But so that was issue 25, the big one. We had the, that one reprint. We had the, the flashback. And then we had the, the fight uh, where 8-Ball saves Moon Knight. In issue 26, we see no Moon Knight. Dr. Bader, uh, Hunter Moon, is essentially the focus of this entire issue. He starts out on the couch talking to Dr. Sturman. And then we have sort of segments that go back and forth between him talking to the psychiatrist psychologist and fighting in the the subterranean area where the mole men's um subjects are actually ends up fighting vibro who's down there doing various stuff in the tunnels that we're going to find out about later actually we're going to find about next issue but it's interesting because really this one comes down to learning the origin story sort of of vader we learn his first name which you've you've got the pronunciation maybe go for it yeah Yahya is his first name Yahya Bader it's, yeah yeah uh, it's it's right. uh Arabic 
slash Moroccan. That that's what I was able to find. I'm still butchering it, like you know. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with doctor probably because that's gonna be safer. It's gonna be easier. Yeah. (laughs) We find out though that his last resurrection went kind of badly, and that he's starting to lose control. We also find out that his origin story is really relatively similar to Mark's, in that he's someone who had kind of a fraught relationship with his family around faith and the like, somebody who ended up kind of having falling out, and then he dies and he's brought back and and gives himself to Takanshu as one of his fists. So what is intriguing is that at the end of the fight against Vibro, he really messes Vibro up, essentially puts him in a coma. And when Mark is talking to him about, you know, well, be nice to talk to this guy and find out what the plan is, but, you know, somebody put him in a coma. And he's like, that was not me. So Bader at this point is losing control of himself to some of the members of the chorus, all of those old Moon Knights from the past. I will say that on rereading this, that would be one way to have Moon Knight maintain one of his core sort of features. That being that he has multiple people kind of controlling the hero is if Bader is is out essentially in the night unknowingly, perhaps as Moon Knight being controlled by the chorus. So I'm I'm it on my on my bingo card, on my bet list. <laughs> I have moved one of one or more of the the dead fists near the top of my of my betting sheet for who the new Moon Knight is, and then maybe it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing where Bader doesn't even realize that he's the one doing this. There you go. May, that that's it's a very interesting theory, and and. As we're going to find out, we didn't really get anything in these last few books to uh, dispute that potential no. happening. So, no. The only thing that's weird is that the Moon Knight on the first issue of Vengeance is so jacked that he almost has to be the Hulk or something. Uh, to be fair, it's David Finch that is drawing the cover, the Moon Knight cover, uh, and so I mean. It could be the wasp in that outfit. <laughs> it could that be point. the yes. <laughs> David Fitch right. does have a very uh, jacked sort of look when he comes to is, some of his that heroes. Is true. Some some something I like. Don't get me wrong. I I I'm a big David Finch fan, but uh, I will say that I have a book of his art, and there are a lot of very jacked characters, very huge characters in in that book. All right, we've talked about issue 26. Do we want to move on to issue 27? Yeah, so 27, uh, Moon Knight and Bader, again, are standing, talking over the bed of, of Vibro, who is unconscious. Uh, and because of the fact that he's in a coma, they end up deciding that they need to get information from him. So as you do, they go back and get some of the janitor sweat from the guy that we saw back in like 
like issue, I don't know. Three, I three think. Three or like four. Two, like two or three? Yeah. The guy who took over Soldier's mom's building, right? And he, yeah. They took some of that. They then use that to... They, they take some of the sweat. They give some to Vibro. They end up in his mind where they then find out Black, Black, Black Spectre's plan where he's actually trying to turn the tunnels under Manhattan into a tuning fork and then use Sarnak's madness music to drive everyone in the city insane. So now we start seeing, like, the Commodore Planet, Sarnak at the disco, all of these crazy things that made no sense before. Suddenly we see Black Spectre slash Jed McKay's crazy plans start to come together, and we understand what's going on. Yeah. So, (laughs) super evil Pied Piper. Yes, it is a bit of a crazy plan, but um, yeah, there you go. It's it's I this this issue basically just felt like it set up kind of that final final run, that final set of books. It was like we need to somehow get Moon Knight Mark Spector to understand what the story or what the plan is and what the stakes are. What the plan is, is this ridiculous plan of using the underground under New York as a tuning fork to basically turn everyone in New York and potentially, I don't know, the world uh, into these, you know, crazies that are attacking and killing one another. And so now we now we have the stakes. We know how it's going to be done. And and now we've got to come up with a plan to stop it. And and that's what those last three books are for. So there it. It was ridiculous how they end up getting the information, but they got the information they needed to get the information. So I'm I'm not going to think too 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 critically about it. From for everything from how they get the information using the weird sweat plan to the actual turn New York into a musical instrument for evil. This is this is a comic book plot. Let's just this put is. it that way. Yes, right? this is. There's, yes. there's no question that that this is completely in genre for superhero comic books but so that kind of takes us to issue 28 moon knight knows what he has to do he knows that the black specter's lair is a place called the mount which is actually where he used to uh, have headquarters back in the day so moon knight and his crew head for that lair the mount is essentially the top of an office building eight ball flies them in there in his hover rack which is what he calls his crazy little flying machine. Uh, and Tiger, Tiger Up, Bader, and Moon Knight are with him. Reese is actually held back to man the mission. Bader ends up uh, taking on Sarnak and his lackeys. Tigra actually gets stuck on a bomb slash mine that she steps on, and so she can't go any farther. And Moon Knight then has to take off after a uh, heart, heartfelt farewell between them and he goes off to find and face off against Black Spectre, finds him on the last page, and we're ready for our fight in the next issue. So, I think we get a lot of decent Tigra and Moon Knight moments in this. So Yeah, yeah, you see how much they care about each other, and, and like, for, first you have kind of them arguing on whether or not Tigra even gets to go, because this, this like, hover rack thing can... You know, basically only have four people and one of them has to be eight ball to fly the, the, the stupid thing. So, you know, 
originally he was like Mark Spector was not going to let Tigra go and she's like no I'm definitely coming and it turns out that that might have been a good idea because anybody else steps on a landmine that's like in the floor of an office building probably isn't going to realize that they've stepped on it and could have blown themselves and anyone with them up in the process yep she was she was pretty emphatic it was not much of a fight no i'm an avenger i don't hunt or uh, i don't hide i hunt and yes. that was the end of it so uh, but you know then we get to the end and of course it's issue 29 of what we know is a 30 issue series with bad things happening and as he leaves her he's like you know i'll be back for you i promise well let's not be promising things like that mr specter but so at that point um issue 28 ends with sort of everybody in their places issue 29 is pretty much just gonzo action the whole yes. thing you've got moon knight facing black specter reese facing off against zodiac who appears at the midnight mission soldier is uh infiltrating or or makes his way up the building and starts helping tigra because he has experience with mines from his time working with hydra and and the like vader is busy taking on all of sarnak's various people essentially there's very little time really for anything to happen other than the plot being resolved by violence so i think which of these was the most interesting one for you uh, I, I mean, I think, I think I liked some of the character like interactions in 28, but just, yeah, Gonzo chaos in this, I, I think you've sort of buried the lead a little bit here in issue 29, because we've got this situation where we have Black Spectre and Moon Knight going at each other and Moon Knight wins. He, he actually defeats the Black Spectre. And then all of a sudden, another Black Spectre shows up and shoots him several times in the chest. And then he re he reveals himself as to who it actually is. And it turns out it is somebody we know and have recently been talking about. Oh, it is Dr. Robert Plesko. That guy. He just keeps coming back. So, yes, I, I suspect you're probably right. So there... There was there was that in the Gonzo action. So <laughs> it's and, so, and, yeah. and the other thing is is like, all right. So this is where I started to lose it too because it seemed like there was a Black Spectre that Vader was was going after in addition to Sarnak, and then it was a guy by the name of Ryan Trent. I don't remember who Ryan Trent is. You Ryan remember Trent who was Ryan... the second Black Spectre? He was actually the guy who was in the lunchroom talking to Zodiac before they all got free. Okay, okay. He's the one who he's like, hey, former Black Spectre cop guy, I'm going to shiv you just for the fun of it. And the That's guy's right. like, here, take these earplugs, right? So Trent was back out. But obviously the reason that Moon Knight was confused is like, dude, you were in prison until four days ago. How can you be the Black Spectre? Right. right. Yes. And then... Turns out he wasn't. And I think, did Moon Knight get shot in the chest or the back? I think he might have, he it, might have just shot him from behind. It was, it could have, yeah, it could have been the back as well. The, the other thing that's going on in the, in this issue is we have Reese at the midnight mission and Zodiac shows up there. And those two are 
are basically talking. That that that's all that they do in this. They're not fighting. Reese is like Brit lets him come into the mission because he's like threatening her, and then lets the mission, which is this you know b- building with a with a conscience that that we saw from way back in like issue seven or eight, basically take and start to do things to his mind and all this sort of thing. And he talks about the fact that, you know, he, he reveals that it's Plesco. He, he says, you know, he says that it's Plesco that is, that is black specter and that, you know, he's helping him, but that moon Knight's going to be just fine. And that he's going to ultimately get what he wants from moon Knight, which is him to be the, the, the bad guy carving faces you know, moons in people's faces and things like this. And Reese is like, no, he's going to kill him. And then you're going to be out your chance. And so Zodiac starts to get a little crazy with the end of this as well. So there, there's a lot going on in issue 29 to set the pieces in their, in their like final place before, before that final issue 30. Yeah. That actually was, I think in many ways that, that was my favorite part of the issue. I mean, the the big the big part is, of course, that Moon Knight gets shot and is obviously dying by the end of it. Which, you know, but that's happened often enough that we we're not worried yet, right? That's... There's nothing unusual yet. So, I love the fact though that the fight between Reese and Zodiac. He tries to shoot her with a, a like a crossbow. She turns to mist. He's like, oh, good new trick this sort of stuff. And then when she comes after him, she actually is repulsed by his holy symbol. But the weird thing is his holy symbol is just a big chain that says Zodiac. Yes. And he's, his quote is, he says, it turns out I do have a holy symbol. One thing I believe in, one thing I have absolute faith in, me. Yes. So instead of having like a cross or something like this that would repel the vampire... He's repelling the vampire with the power of sort of his self confidence, <laughs> just his his narcissism is somehow yes. a uh, his narcissism a, a is what's keeping yeah yeah it's kind of kind of insane. So that yeah. was that was interesting. He's he's awful, but but interesting and awful. All right, so. all right, Dan. Let's we we've talked about all this. Let's get into issue thirty and the aftermath of all this because. It was, I I don't know what I was expecting when I opened up issue thirty, but uh, it this was quite a finish. Yeah, so issue thirty starts out with Plesko sort of monologuing over a dying Moon Knight. So Mark is not able to get up; he's just kind of stuck there. And Spectre is talking about how he is sort of this self-described student of atrocity. So. He's a, a psychologist and, and somebody who enjoyed seeing all of the destruction of Mark's mercenary days and being along for it. And then when Mark sort of ended up uh, losing it after um, Layla's death and going to work with Bushman, after Bushman managed to kill Mark, Plesko's like, well, this is a guy I got to work with. So yeah. he went and he worked with, with Bushman for a while. Eventually, he came back and helped Mark with Moon Knight's endeavors when he was in his bloody phase by working as part of his shadow cabinet. But now he's decided he wants to be the star himself, ended up hatching this plot 
to sort of drive New York insane and have all of these guys helping him out. Again, Moon Knight's just sort of laying there, bloodied and mostly dead. But then Blesko makes the classic sort of supervillain blunder. He's like, you know, I've set this bomb. I'm sure it's going to be fine. You're 20 feet away from the switch that says, you know, stop. And yeah. and I'm going to take a chopper now and get out of here. Right? Yeah. So this yep. is the sharks with lasers phase of his plan, unfortunately for him. But <laughs> So he leaves, and then at that point, Moon Knight actually, essentially it's all three of the people, it's Mark, Stephen, and Jake, end up taking turns, talking, encouraging each other, basically knowing that when they go up there, what they're going to have to do is find a way to blow up the console to keep things from actually working. Uh, Moon Knight actually struggles to the machine about to destroy, and he takes it out, setting off an explosion that kills him, but saves everyone else in New York. He's so, on, it, he's on the roof. They had these charges they were planning on using to to blow up the device before it could be used to uh, relay this this uh, you know music into the uh, into the sub. Uh, subterranean tuning fork and caused New York to go yeah. crazy. And Zoe basically blew the roof off the building, uh, killing himself in the process. Yep. And then at that point, you know, Moon Knight is dead. Long live Moon Knight. We, in a couple of pages, uh, then see the, moon, the, the Midnight Mission again with someone sitting there coming to them as a supplicant. And they're like, you know, he's gone. Because he's like, you know, where's where's Moon, Mr. Knight? I'm, I need help. He's like, he's gone. But the Midnight Mission remains. His work is our work now, and our work never ends. So, and now this is the beauty of the page break in comics. So, when you flip the page, welcome to the Midnight Mission. My name's Reese. How can we help you? And you've got Reese in the chair. And then surrounding her all behind, you've got Vader, you've got Tigra, you've got Soldier, and, of course, you've got 8-Ball, right? Of course you have 8-Ball, yes. So those five now are essentially taking on the mission that Mark Spector and Mr. Knight started uh, 30 issues ago. So, what did you think of the ending? Wow, this was quite the finish and to be perfectly honest you know what the very first thing i thought of was it was mark specter moon knight number 60 is what i thought of because at the end of mark specter moon knight number 60 mark specter dies because he blows up in a building this building basically the same building the same right. building uh just just like he had done way back in in the 90s and i'm like wow this is this is sort of weird but also sort of fitting i guess that he ends up dying basically the exact same way in the exact same place that he had done in a, in a previous series somebody's calling doug mensch right now and saying we need we need another we need another story we need you to uh maybe maybe this is jed mckay like just sort of taking away all of his options. He's now killed Morpheus, so the it-was-all-a-dream plan doesn't work. He's making it harder and harder for Mensch to just come in and undo his work. Yes, yes. So, 
I, I, he's I love than the nineties guys. I love this story. I, I thought that, you know, obviously Plesco had to do the monologue thing that, you know, the evil villain always does. I loved the fact that we had kind of, we had three or four pages where we saw a, a, a panel with Mark slash Moon Knight and each one of these people that are really important to him, you know, soldier, Reese, Tigra, and it, just the showing us this glimpse of a moment that he has as he's sort of struggling to get to the device to blow it up. And I loved seeing that, that we had Steven and Jake and uh, were, you know, rooting for him and, you know, encouraging him. They're like, you know, we, this, if this is how we're going to go, this is how, you know, we're going to go out with a bang. And, and I loved, you know, that even though we didn't see very much of Steve, uh, of Steven Grant and Jake Lockley in this series, when there was this really important moment, we saw them again and they were instrumental in helping Mark achieve the, the big victory that he needed to, even if it meant self-sacrifice. Well, and they essentially all three of them buy into it. Yeah, and it sounds it sounds like more than that. At a certain point, the other two were just resigned to the fact they would never have a normal life when they're stuck in a body with Mark Spector, because he's he's just always going to eventually get them blown up. They're like, you know, this is how it was going to end. We've all known that from the beginning. You know, it's right. not going to be sitting around in the mansion counting money when we're 85 for right us. or so. or, e- or even the uh the barbecue uh with yeah. with with the wife and kid uh, uh as as we saw uh morpheus show him uh, a few issues ago no yeah. so i i agree though i think that the the last few issues especially were really were really powerful and it's weird because when i first read it I don't know if I really, I don't know if I really got it as much. Um, it took me a couple of reads before I really started to be kind of like, oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this. I don't know if I was okay with it at first. Right. I'm, I'm still, sure, sure. I'm still not entirely happy that Moon Knight is dead. I find it weird that he died in the same building again, you know, uh, in, in much the same way as he did back in the, uh, back in the previous era. It's, it's handled really well though. And I think there's so many things about it that make it seem like this is not accidental. And there's a story that's worth telling here that that's worth waiting for. I love the fact that the last panel or the, you know, the, the last full page panel of 30 really mirrors pretty much the first panel of issue one. Right. Because yes. instead of having, instead of having Mr. Knight sitting in the chair with the statue behind him, you have, of, of Conchu behind him, you have Reese sitting in the chair with the statue of Moon Knight behind her. Right, so in some ways, it's it just again foreshadowing your you know your indicator of quality literature. It just seems like McKay has got so many things that he has planned, 
and we'll just see how it goes. We we but have was, no we 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 have no idea who's going to be in the suit for the next for the, for the next uh, for Vengeance of Moon Knight. We we did see a little epilogue thing where Zodiac confronts Doctor Plesko and is really pissed about the fact that Moon Knight is dead and is like. Wow. I am going to make you pay like you've never been made to be pay to pay before. And, and so, you know, maybe that's some sort of intimation as to what we might see. I don't know, but like, uh, we, we don't know. And I do really love that last panel. On, on, on I love seeing oh. Reese in the all white suit soldiers in an all white suit as well. And it just, it's, it's so, so good. I, in fact, actually bought, in addition to the regular issue, I bought the variant cover that has the the, new the rest the rest of the new the team on it. So you have Hunter's Moon, really? you have Tigra, Soldier, Reese, and everybody on it as well. And Eight Ball, of course, Eight Ball in the middle. And so I'm like. This looks. I, I'm so glad I got it. I went and I picked up my regular issue, uh-huh. and then I went to the to the to the display and was like, I want to look at the other variant covers, and I'm like, I think I'm I think I want this, so I got that. I got two copies of issue thirty. Very cool, very cool. All right, so that's kind of the the overall of it. Let's talk a little bit about you know takeaways from this. Yeah. So. The first thing is that while we don't know too much about this, it appears that where we're going is we're going from Moon Knight featuring many people in one body to maybe featuring many bodies representing one hero. Right? right. Yeah. So instead of having Jake and and Steven and Mark as Moon Knight, we're going to have all five of these other people as Mr. Knight or as Moon Knight. And they'll all be sort of inhabiting aspects of them. Now, none of them, I don't believe, are taking on the costume. Right. Which is why I believe there's somebody else running around in the costume, is what we're going to find. But I don't know that for sure either. Maybe maybe they do all just take turns dressing up as Moon Knight, wandering out into town. Uh, except 8-Ball, except hopefully, because that would just be... That, <laughs> that would, would be, be weird. That would be but weird. But otherwise, you've got, you've got two vampires... And you've got a woman with the powers of a tiger, and you've got a fist of Conchu. Any of them have have the the power level that they could be, they could be a Moon Knight if they wanted, uh, or right. fill in Moon Knight. So, it is. It is also. What do you think about Reese being the leader? I mean, we don't we don't know if she is, but it is interesting that she's the one that's speaking in that in the in those last two panels. And being the one that's sitting in the chair, it feels like it's a it feels like it's a group. I, I don't know. I, I guess because Reese was kind of Mark's assistant, that that she's sort of being elevated up into that into that position. But yeah, maybe she doesn't have the power level, but like she she knew what Mark was doing when he was doing it and that sort of thing. And so maybe it makes sense. I'm not sure. Well, I think it's because she was his declared heir. He said, you've got to be the one to take over the mission if I'm gone. Right. So I think he he declared her 
the leader, essentially, and, and the rest of them evidently have... So I think she's going to be. My problem with that is that Bader is an actual fist of Khonshu who's been doing this for a long time. Right. Tigra was a frickin' Avenger, right? And, and I think led probably oh. West Coast Avengers for a while. How are these people not leading over an 18-year-old vampire in training? You're saying that her credentials are, are leaving a little bit to be desired. I, I love Reese, and I think she's a really cool character, and I'm glad she's there. Yes. But I think if you're, if you're starting a team, Bader or Tigra should be the one in charge. And yeah, probably. Again, Mark's judgment is not always 100%. So, anyways, at least he didn't put eight ball in charge. So, we got that. <laughs> what do you think about this guy, eight ball? Are you, he's this on the is, team. He, he's wacky. He just, there is, I would tell you that, like, I, I can get behind, like, all of the, the people that are, have been in this book and they make sense to me. Eight ball just feels a little bit like a joke. If I'm being perfectly honest, though, I love the fact that he did the redemption thing near the end and then helped them, you know, take down Black Spectre. It's just, it's a guy and he's got a giant eight ball on his head. It just, there's, there's something that you just can't quite take seriously about it, I guess. And I don't, have we ever seen him without the eight ball? No, we haven't. Maybe in enough. prison or something or no? Never. Uh, maybe, I maybe, think so. I, I'm thinking maybe some of the flashback where where we learned about him being an engineer, possibly, but I, I don't, I don't recall. I don't think there was even a flashback to him. I, it was I more know. of just In discussion. Case, yeah. Yeah, it was just him talking. So I don't know. We've ever seen his face, so we literally don't know hardly anything about Eight Ball in terms yeah. of. Uh, but but he's on the team and and I think it is it's wacky and it's weird but but it, it's kind of I like the fact that Jed McKay understands that it's still supposed to be fun and eight ball has definitely not he he looks like a joke but he hasn't treated the character as a joke that's and I think true. that's super that's important. very true very you know? true he's he's made him more serious as we've moved along like i would say the first couple appearances probably joke the go go for English. eight ball when he's in the bathtub with the eight ball on his head is just like yeah okay it's hard, it's, it's really hard to wipe that that panel from my from my mind when we when talking about eight ball that's pretty recent even so yeah we'll we'll see how this goes so eight ball soldier they're now good guys how about Zodiac? Do you think going into the next one, is he sort of the big bad for the for the vengeance arc? What uh He seems like from him? He he seems like he should be at least a big bad. Um maybe maybe like like he was early in the in the current run of Moon Knight, or now the most recent complete mm-hmm. run of Moon Knight, where where he basically was kind of that that main character, main villain, adversary to the to Moon Knight, uh, for like the first twelve books of, of this run. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to be doing something to to Doctor Plesko. 
and you know, I I don't know how he's going to take not having the the guy he you know was rooting for to become his old self again. Maybe he's going to try That's and turn one of the people bad or something. I don't know. How we even talked about how Plesko interested him because he was what he wanted for Moon Knight, essentially a villain and you know somebody a villain in training. And you see that really that's what, when it comes down to it, is he wants Moon Knight to become a villain. That that he understands that what he was doing when he was cutting off faces was not hero work. That in actual fact he was not only an agent of chaos, but really on the other side there. But he wants him back there. And he doesn't care if he's taking out criminals or good guys or whatever. He just likes... The ultra-violence. Yeah, chaos and violence. So, almost all of the other guys are dead, though. I mean, yeah. Moon Knight was literally taking chainsaws to people in the last few issues. So he he has he has doled out significant punishment uh, over the last over the last few. I think that Plesko, yeah, it seems like Zodiac is going to do bad things to him. So we may be short on other villains at this point, to where it almost has to be Zodiac. One thing, in issue 30, when he gets the mission to let him go, because he wants to go and see if he can stop Plesko's plan or whatever to save Moon Knight, and he's like, and Reese is like, I'm not letting you go. He says, I'm not talking to you. He talks to the Midnight Mission and says, read my mind, you know we want the same thing. And then he goes something like, huh. And then he a door opens and he leaves. And he's like, you know, I made a deal with the mission. What's the deal? Yeah. I think is going to be a question to be answered in the next episodes, next the next issues. We're not done with Zodiac because the Midnight Mission is not done with Zodiac. Uh, Capuccio finishes the run in style, comes back. He was gone for longer than he'd been gone during the entire run because we actually had Sabatini filling in on 26, 27, 28, and 29. Like 25 literally just about killed Capuccio, evidently. He was in the hospital (laughs) for two to three months or something like this. Now just returning for issue 30. What did you think of the art over these last five books? The art was was great, I, and and like like we talked about last week, the 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 look of Sabatini's art in twenty six through twenty nine, you really couldn't. There, very complimentary, looked very consistent with what Capuccio had done earlier, and and I it just I didn't even think about it. It just this is how Moon Knight's supposed to look, and. And and it kept that same consistent look throughout all this. I I I think there was at least one or two panels in every single book that I'm just like I just sort of stopped and looked at for a second, just that extra little bit of time, and, and was like I need I, I just need to take this in a little bit more. I, I I loved the art throughout this entire run, and it has been it has been yeah. consistent. And it has been uh, just great all the way through from start to finish. I, I am, 
I'm very glad that I have a paper copy of basically every issue except for one in this entire run. I could not get issue eight, uh, the hunt, the hunter's moon against uh, the uh, Scarlet, uh, Scarlet, yeah. stained glass Scarlet, stained glass Scarlet. Uh, I just I missed the issue when it came out initially. It was before I had my uh, had had my pull list set up to get Moon Knight, and, and so that was the only book that I did not get a, a physical copy of. I have a digital copy of it uh, that I bought uh, through Comixology when that was still a thing. Yes, that's that was still a thing when this run started, and uh, and so I have have that one in digital, but like I have all the interesting well that's cool yeah i'm i loved the art in these i think what i've realized is what i really love in many cases is rosenberg's colors i think that there is something about what rochelle rosenberg has been doing with the art these two guys are giving her that is absolutely just sublime like there are times where Moon Knight is is supposedly this semi-holy figure, right? But normally he's been sort of just a, a street-level bruiser. There are times where she gives, like, almost this holy light-infused aura around him. And there's glow, all of these yeah. drenched reds and oranges. And it looks fantastic. He, it's like he nothing you've ever seen page. before. He pops off the page mm-hmm. every panel he's in, it feels like. Yep, and there are also, like, full spread page spreads. So it was one with Moon Knight and Tigra a while ago and the like, where it's just so rich, and everything about the page, even the parts that, you know, the artists mostly leave blank, she's painting on and creating this these cool sort of effects and the like. It is just fantastic work. And that's to take nothing away from the artists, because obviously they're they're giving the colorist what they need to be able to do to, to enhance it. But it really is a team effort. And I, I assume that uh, Corey Petit is also doing spectacular work. Unfortunately for him, everything else is so awesome that you half the time don't even notice the words until later. So there you go. It's probably bad for McKay too. Maybe he needs less talented <laughs> collaborators so that we actually read his story. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really a lot of fun seeing also how I, I think Capuccio has been pretty consistent. I believe Sabatini, you can actually see a fundamental like upgrade in his game over the last year and a half. Because when you look at the Devil's Rain book from back in the day, or even some of the other earlier Moon Knights, he's just gotten so much better with his line work, so much better with his storytelling. It's, I don't know how old he is or how long he's been at this. I don't know if maybe it's just a matter of adapting his style to be more like Capuccio, because previously he was more sort of manga-influenced. But in any case his stuff just gets better and better and better every month we see him. So 
I really like the fact that the two of them have been working together and that we essentially had a team for 30 issues of what, five people, because you had McKay writing every issue, Rosenberg and Petit on colors and letters for every issue, and then those two artists. And they never had, they never had anchors because they do their own finishes. So basically it's those five people are the ones who've given us all 30 issues. It was, I, I, I think, I think it actually is kind of just from start to finish, one of my favorite, favorite series of books with regards to just the combination of a great story as well as it just a visual look that was appealing to me and that remained consistent all the way throughout that. Moon Knight in in issue one basically looks the same as issue thirty and and does not stray very far, with the exception of the Devil's Rain book, which was completely its own thing. It it, it just mm-hmm. it looked good. It and, and to your point, the colors on this were, were really great as well. And, and they just there was such a richness to everything, and it just yeah. then made Moon Knight. Up in, in every panel uh, they were in. Absolutely. So, so now that actually leads into my question: Where would you put this in your? We're going to talk later about how we feel about this compared to the TV series. Right. How do you feel about this compared to the dozens of other Moon Knight runs that we read over, or dozen or more Moon Knight runs we read? over the last couple of years. So I believe that you had, you had previously listed two or three top ones. Um, I think the Finch run ended up being your number one before. It did. The Finch Heston run was my number one. And this was, I think I number two, potentially two that's three, before, yeah. be, before we had even, uh, gotten halfway through these 30 books i think that i am i i think this might actually be my favorite moon Knight run. i i think that just the story the art everything just the payoff for reading the all the way through it i just feel like there was so much here that i i I don't know if I'm going to necessarily go back and read reread a whole bunch of Moon Knight, but if I was to read reread any Moon Knight, I I would be hard pressed not to start with this Jed McKay run. And that makes perfect sense to me, especially in that I think that one of the interesting things is this is the Moon Knight really that you first got to read them as they came out. This is the first Moon Knight you've experienced as almost like your, you know, a contemporary. Yes. Moon yes. Knight. This is, so this, this is, is my Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you know, for me, I started with this and Kevich stuff and there is always sort of that you have a, you have a little bit of a, a fondness for the, the first time that you read a character, the first time you get exposed. Like, it's why so many comics fans have a tough time with change. 
because when you reboot the character, you change the character, whatever. Well, they liked the character that they grew up with. Now, you'd read a bunch of Moon Knight before we got to these. Yeah. But, so in actual fact, it's not exactly your, you know, your first Moon Knight. But I think that really it still ends up sort of being because this is the one from the time we're in. It's the first one you were getting them off the, the shelves and the like. So, but in any case, it didn't go down in your estimation in the last 15 or so issues. And if anything, it goes no, up to the top. It, 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 it enhanced its run over the last 15 or so books since, since we last had this conversation and just the, you know, I didn't want to see the character die at the end, but I guess, you know, there, I, I can't, I, I can't nitpick. I need to get, I, this is what I have. And so this is, this is where we're at. And so I, I loved every one of the people they introduced in this to help Mark throughout this whole run. I'm very excited to see where the, where the story goes in vengeance of, of the Moon Knight. And I, yeah, it's just, like I said, I'm just so happy that I have a physical copy of all these books. This is, there you and, go. And, and again, I wasn't a comic book reader five years ago, or even <laughs> like three years ago, hardly. There you go. Yep. Now I went back and took a look. And so you're correct that you had McKay run that run as the second one before with Houston first and then Menchikovich coming in third. I had Menchikovich first and McKay Capuccio second with Houston Finch third. So we, we essentially all had these in our top. Um, and I believe I declared at the time that this could be the greatest comic series of all time and it would still end up number two behind Menchikovich. Right. right? Reason, reasonably so, yes. <laughs> and that in actual fact, I mean, McKay did everything he could to unseat the masters but i i would have a i just love those comic books so much and nonetheless they did nothing whatsoever to dissuade me from the fact that this is other than the one that made me a moon knight fan this is my favorite moon knight series right now i can nitpick about the fact they killed my favorite marvel hero Right? Sure, so I am sure. I am a little angry about that. It is hard though to not give a few points for the fact that they're not running away after doing it. Yeah. If McKay had just said see ya and they'd have cancelled the book, I would have probably been a little unhappy. Sure. Rightly right? so, I think, yes. But considering next month we get another moon night, and it's by the same people. I think this brings us to a question that I would like to, to ask you. For a comic book character, what is worse, death or cancellation? Cancellation, without a doubt, to me. You think so? Yeah. I would, I would agree. Because it means they're not relevant. And death, as we've seen in comics, can be temporary. Cancellation can be forever and in fact i think the the whole relevant point is important because very rarely is a big hero killed when they're not 
kind of in the in the public eye. Like, you know, Superman got killed and it made this big thing back in the 90s and the like. And, you know, Ms. Marvel they killed earlier this year because they wanted to turn her into a, a mutant and the like. A lot of times it can be there are ideas for this character they want to do, so they're they're sort of trying to raise up some buzz or they're trying to change the character in a fundamental way that they can't do uh, easily without without something like this. So the fact that, yeah, we're not canceled. He's not getting on a plane and not coming back for four or five years like he did in the late 80s. Um, I, could be, I could be angrier. Uh, I could also be happier if they mm. just, you know... Vengeance of the Moon Knight with my Moon Knight. That would have been even better. There, there, there. Such is the I, way. I think I think my thing is that I feel satisfied by the run. And so Absolutely. like the 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 ending to me ended up paying off the reading of all these books. I, I felt like the story had reached a natural conclusion and the way they concluded it was a way that made sense to me and now you know obviously we don't know what that means for what's ahead but it but it means that we had a really good story and i and i spent you know all this yep. time reading this book and, and i ended up you know loving it as a result and unfortunately i have to admit that if he hadn't died after all of the build-up we'd had after all of the foreshadowing that we'd had I would have also been disappointed by that because I've been like, oh, really? 30 issues <laughs> yeah. you've been promising this. And now suddenly you save him through some, you know, weird act of God or something like this. So I still think there's a good chance that, you know, he's drifting around someplace and we'll be back in a few months. But at least for now, we got that ending. Everybody thinks he's dead, all the rest. So the second question. If you had to choose, and this is not in general, this is in this case, right. what do you think would be worse for a Moon Knight fan in 2023? Having Mark Spector live and even get another series, but Jed McKay and the rest of the team leave, or having to have a new Moon Knight take the cowl, but McKay and friends stay on? I think so what can, would be... You can keep... You can keep yeah. Mark Spector and everybody else, but you lose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, as a Moon Knight fan, I think the worst outcome is Mark Spector living and the creative team behind the current run leaving. Because we don't know who would take over. We don't know when they would take over. And we don't know what we, what we would get if and when that did happen, I, I'm willing to let Mark go for a little while and give the creative team behind this series a chance to tell a story without Mark for a bit and then find out, you know, what happens going forward. Um, that, to me, is the worst thing, but I'm just one fan. What about you, Dan? Where, where, where do you lie in this question? Yeah, I think that's the answer. I the the simple fact is that in modern comics, 
the creators are in most cases more important than the characters if you really want good stories. And what I love here is that McKay and the rest of the team who've proven to us that they they kind of can tell good stories with these characters in this part of the Marvel Universe are going to stay on and they're going to tell Moon Knight related stories. We're going to lose some of the specifics of the character in the comic that we love just like we did at the start of this run when there was no Gina and there was no Marlene and there was no Jean-Paul, right? But it seemed to do fine without them. So now we're just taking it one more step. We're like, well, <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't have any of Moon Knight's buddies and it's still fine Moon Knight. Maybe we don't need Moon Knight to have fine Moon Knight either. I guess we'll find out, right? So, but, but yeah, I, I think at this point, Jed McKay deserves our trust. He has been at this, you know, he goes out in the community and he talks to people about it. He's consulted with people in the community about things to try and make sure he gets it right. He's just a guy who seems to really care about telling a good story with this character. And I think we keep him as long as we can keep him. That's, that's the way it goes. All right, Dan, that was a great discussion about the last days of Moon Knight. Now we, now we have to look ahead. Where where are we heading next? We've talked about the fact that we were doing this as, so that we could compare it. What are we comparing yep. it to? It's almost two years now since we first dipped our toes into podcasting. Uh, we did that because we wanted to get ready for the Moon Knight television series on Disney+. Plus. We're now going to go back and take another look at that for really the first time since it came out and see how do these episodes hold up, what do we think about them, and then eventually what did we think about uh, sort of the future of Moon Knight in live action. So next week we're going to start by taking a look at the first four episodes of the Moon Knight series. Uh, or So in three weeks we're going to be back. We're taking off the holidays. Hopefully you guys have a chance to... Enjoy some time with family. We're going to do the same. And we will be back on January 10th looking at the first four episodes of the Moon Knight television show. Yeah, it's going to be f fun and interesting to dive back into the TV series. This will be my first rewatch since since we watched it when it first, first was released uh, in early 2022. There you go. All right, and with that, that is going to wrap it up for us for this week. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, please consider subscribing on your podcast player of choice. That way you'll get each new episode as soon as it's released. Whether you're new to the show or you've been with us from the beginning, we'd love to get your thoughts on Moon Knight on issue 30. If you've read it, we, we want to hear all of, all of your thoughts. You can send those to us via email. That address is comments at comicsovertime.com or you can reach out to us via social media we are on twitter or x at comics over time as well as blue sky at comics over time dan while it was sad to see the current mark specter and moon knight come to an end the final set of books we looked at this week definitely lived up to that billing 
I'm looking forward to what Vengeance of the Moon Knight brings to us next month already, as well as diving into the TV show for the first time in probably like 18, it's getting like 18 months now, practically. Yep. It's been a while. Too long. Is, is season two out yet, Dwayne? Is season two out yet? <laughs> not, not, not quite yet. Uh, we... Sore subject, perhaps? Too soon. Yeah, Too soon. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something All about right. that. But we'll have a lot to talk about. We hope you'll join us in the new year. And until then, take care, everybody. See you later, folks. <laughs>